friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. I know sometimes you doubt if you are truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own. I know that you are praying for a way to know the difference and to be confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word. If you are ready to grow in your faith and your identity in Christ and to confidently step into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, have you been feeling isolated in your walk with God? We have just come out of a long period of quarantine and isolation, and it can sometimes feel difficult to be connected to each other. And in fact, the enemy wants us to feel that way. I want you to realize that there are other believers that are feeling the same thing, longing to feel more connected to not only God, but to each other. I want to invite you over to my free Facebook community where we can connect with each other, talk through some of our struggles, encourage each other, and pray for each other. On Facebook, look for the She Hears Hearing Jesus podcast community page. Hey fam, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Today we are going ahead and continuing our Desires of the Heart series, and today we're looking at the desire to be chosen. You know, as I've been getting feedback and just talking to people about this series, one thing that kind of keeps being echoed back and forth is that there's almost like a shared memory a lot of us have when it comes to the deep-seated desires that we have in our hearts. And in particular, the one that we're going to talk about today, it almost seems like there's a classic memory we all seem to have. In fact, I'm I'm pretty convinced at this point. And depending on who you are, the memory could be a good one or a bad one, depending what side of things you landed on. For some of us, Looking back to that time when we were kids in elementary school and specifically thinking about gym class, it brings back some memories, some strong memories. Sometimes those are memories that are fond and it is laughter and fun. And for others, it's this dread of the the, the feeling of uh, rejection that comes in the pit of your stomach when you're chosen last for dodgeball. It just kind of conjures up this fresh wave of rejection for some people. And it's interesting to see in the kids that were picked last in gym class, who they have become versus the kids that were not picked last in gym class. And I've been kind of just doing my own little experiment. And I wonder if that's true for you. If you pay, start to pay attention, if you have these kinds of conversations with your friends and family, um, what I seem to have found is that the kids that were chosen last in gym class are often leaders within their industries today. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think we're going to kind of dive in a little bit more today. You know, as a mom, I have been able to parent my kids through this same experience. And it's been interesting to hear how others kind of recall this seemingly shared moment that we all have. I I think the reason this hits us so hard is that it touches on this deeper desire that we all have, that desire to be chosen. And even if you were one of the kids that was not picked last in gym class, most certainly you have that thought or that feeling, that recall of what it felt like during the moments of waiting, waiting to see if you're going to be chosen or not. And 
that familiar feeling is kind of what we're digging into today, that desire to be chosen. And although the reasons we may not have been chosen in elementary school gym class likely had more to do with the fact that we were slower or less athletic um, or maybe less popular, the reasons why aren't really what matters. What matters is that feeling that we all get when we aren't what someone else is looking for. Maybe the gym class metaphor or memory doesn't really work for you, but I bet that there's been a time in your life where you have experienced that waiting while you're waiting to be chosen and possibly even that rejection. For me, that feeling was very likely the reason why I was in Washington, D.C. in the summer of 1996. Um, I went along with a friend's youth group to a Youth for Christ event. And at that point in my life, I was not really a believer. I had grown up in a family that really only darkened the doors of a church on Christmas or Easter or some other invitation like that, like a holiday or something. Um, but church was not something we regularly talked about. And conversations about God were kind of pushed far away from my mind. Um, if there was any kind of conversation about God, it was done within the context of guilt or shame to kind of manipulate the behavior of, of us kids. So it wasn't with any intentional conversation about God as relevant in our daily lives. And to be perfectly honest, it was too hard for me to think of God as real as a kid, because if he was real, then my life made no sense. And, and what did that mean for me? Um, because I grew up in a situation was, that was at the best, let's say dark, you know, and scary. If, if God was who some people said he was, then there must have been something wrong with me to allow me to live in that scenario. And so in my mind, I could not even go there. I wouldn't go there. But I could go to youth group because at youth group, there was pizza and friends and volleyball, volleyball tournaments and just people that were fun and nice to me. And when the opportunity came to go to all these youth groups, Honestly, every single night of the week, I was at a different youth group. I probably have told you guys that before. And it wasn't necessarily that I had deep relationships at each of those places, but I had secure relationships at each of those places. And so one of those groups was going on a trip for a few days. So I, of course, jumped at the chance. And, you know, it wasn't really about the speakers or the bands. I didn't even really know them at the time. But it was about the opportunity to spend a few days with my friends away and with some adults that would keep me safe and help me to feel loved. I felt I felt safe. And so that's that's kind of the posture I arrived in Washington, D.C. And at that point in my life, you know, I didn't really have exposure to even church. I was you know, I had limited exposure to a very traditional church um, that was really more about religion than it was about relationship. I did have exposure to Christians, and I knew I liked being around them, but I, I didn't even really understand what a worship service was or, or anything like that. So I wasn't sure what to expect, but what I found was 26,000 teenagers, or maybe those 28,000, something like that, but they had all gathered in order to learn about God's plan 
for their life. And over the next few days, I learned so much about who God said I was. And, you know, I wish I could say there's a specific verse I remember or even a specific speaker, but I don't really remember any of that. What I do remember is feeling loved and feeling valued and feeling chosen. And quite honestly, that trip changed the course of the rest of my life. And I have since gone into ministry, uh, spending my life serving others, helping them know and grow in Christ. And I will occasionally think back to that trip and I wonder where my life would have been if I hadn't gone. But like many of us, uh, my teenage years are kind of a distant memory and I don't really spend too much time, you know, in that place of, of pondering my teenage years, except last week something really cool happened for me. Last week, God revealed something to me that made all of those elementary school gym class moments kind of just fade away. About two years ago, I transitioned into a missions role with a global nonprofit working in the area of orphan care. And my role really is to oversee and resource and equip the spiritual care teams in each of our countries. So, Although this role is amazing and it was an incredible opportunity to minister to children across the globe, it was still a very difficult decision to leave behind my previous ministry role. I had started an amazing program reaching just the lost and hurting kids of our community. That program had represented the very heartbeat of what I knew God wanted me to do, what my calling was. And God had really opened the door for me to train other people to start similar programs everywhere from Canada to California. So there was this emotional attachment to that program, so much so that it kind of felt like leaving one of my children behind. However, God began really preparing my heart early for a transition. About a year and a half before I even made the decision to go work for that organization, I felt God just preparing my heart for a transition. And I had a book in the works. I had been speaking at a couple different conferences. And I kind of thought maybe had something to do with transitioning more into adult ministry versus children's ministry. I didn't really know exactly what it was, but I, I started praying through this transition period that God had me in. So by the time this new role came around, um, my heart was already ready to be, be obedient in my actions, even if my heart still felt torn. And almost two years later, what I can say now is that I'm confident that I am where I need to be and where I'm supposed to be. God has shown me that time and time again, and his hand has been guiding and directing me through, throughout the pandemic, through, throughout all of the chaos of the last couple of years. In his grace, though, last week, God revealed something to me on a day that I was feeling um, just discouraged and really just kind of feeling down about some circumstances that were happening in my life. And um, there was just a myriad of things that had been going on that made me just kind of feel rejected. I was feeling alone. And, you know, one of the things in leadership, especially in ministry leadership, is it's it can be lonely. It can be isolating. And I'm sure that is something that many of us go through uh, from time to time. So I logged onto our staff meeting and I listened intently as our staff kind of shared what God was doing across the globe. And at the end of our time together, our founder 
and my boss started sharing about a season of ministry he and his wife had served in before starting our organization, our global organization that, that is founded and based on the West Coast. I live on the East Coast. As he shared, um, some of the details started to just ring these bells in my mind. Washington, D.C., mid-90s, 20,000-plus teens, Youth for Christ, and I could hardly wrap my mind around what he was saying. And so I sent a wife to his text, and she quickly confirmed that he was, in fact, talking about a Youth for Christ event in Washington, D.C., in the mid-90s. And so we compared dates, and we were both shocked to realize that the very event that they were responsible for bringing to Washington, D.C., that they organized and hosted, was the very event that I committed my life to the Lord at, to full-time ministry especially. Think about that, what I just said. The founders of the global organization that I currently work for were the ones that were responsible for bringing together the major youth event that I committed my life to Christ at. Again, they live on the West Coast. I live on the East Coast. They only did the event for three years. And one of those years was a year that God met me there in D.C. It was that moment that God just revealed to me how he had chosen me for this job. And again, this is something I knew. It's been confirmed over and over again. But God had chosen me for this job long before I had ever heard of it. In fact, it was before the organization had even existed. And I could just see God's fingerprints on my life moving me into the right position in his perfect timing to fill, fulfill the God-given calling upon my life. And it was his grace that he revealed that to me on the very day I was experiencing a deep hurt of rejection in my own life. And I thought, man, God, you are so amazing. That's the God we serve. It reminded me of this verse that I've long loved from 1 Peter 2, verse 9. I'm going to read it to you. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Friend, let me tell you something. Those words are for you, too. And that doesn't mean it will always be easy. It certainly doesn't mean we will always understand what he was doing. And in fact, most of the time we won't. But there's one thing that you can hold on to in your heart. He calls you his special possession. And he is the one that calls you out of the darkness because he loves you. It's who he is. And chosen is who you are. Friends, I want to pray for you today. And as we go throughout this week, I want you to sit with that that you are chosen and you are called his special possession. Father God, we thank you that when your word talks about us being a special possession and your word talks about calling us out of the darkness, that that's who you are and that chosen is who we are. God, help that to reach down deep into our hearts today in a way that we can know it um, beyond our mind into our hearts, Lord God, help that to become part of the identity of who we are as believers and followers of Christ. Lord, I thank you that even in those moments of chaos and confusion and discouragement, that you are bigger than what we feel. 
Because what we know is that as we put our faith and trust in you, your hand is carrying us and moving us and posturing us to be in the place that you've called us to be. Lord, I thank you that um, 30 years later, um, we can see, I can see clearly how you've moved me into this role. And Lord, I pray that these words would be an encouragement to my friends, that this week they would see in their own lives the way that you've been working and orchestrating things behind the scenes. And God, I pray for that waiting, that waiting time where we're waiting to be chosen, how isolating and how scary and how frustrating that can be. But God, remind us, remind us of your words, remind us of who we are and who you are. God, I thank you for my friends and I pray that you would be with them this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Hey, friends. If this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.